Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Continental Extreme Contact DWS 06+. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to 3 and Out with John Middlecoff on the Colin Coward Podcast Network. Back at it again. Big show coming up. Had a special guest, uh, Andy Reid, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, former head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the, in my experience, the nicest guy in the NFL, one of the best coaches in the NFL, will join me coming up here in a minute. Uh, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. Later after the interview, I'll get into a bunch of questions. Like I said, you, you leave questions in the review section, and I will get to them on the show. You guys let, left a bunch of good ones this week, and uh, we'll hammer that out after the interview. But first, got to start with this. Big news Monday uh, was Khalil Mack did not show up, no-showed, to John Gruden's first day on the job uh, with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Odell Beckham, actually curveball, did show up on Monday. But I, I don't view Khalil Mack and Odell Beckham as the same situation. I view Odell Beckham as his own little entity, as someone that needs to impress the Giants and kind of earn some respectability internally and show that he's consistent. And then Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack as basically the faces of the franchise, the two best players on the team. Uh, Aaron Donald last year went through a long holdout. Remember, he didn't show up at all in the offseason, then didn't show up in training camp, and then missed a couple games. Khalil, I, I was a little shocked he didn't show up, but it was 100% the right business move. And I, I really don't understand what the Rams and what the Raiders are doing. I went through a couple years ago when I bought a place in the Bay Area that has historic housing prices right now. It, it was It was a difficult process. 
you you have to bid fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars over the asking price, and it's hard to really wrap your head around it. Finally, I got a place well over asking price, and then you know what I realized? Six months later, my place had appreciated by, you know, that fifty thousand dollars. I had made my money back immediately. And when you look at Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald, what what are these two organizations arguing over? These two guys have been all pros basically from the moment they showed up. Been the face of the franchise from the way they carried themselves, the way they've acted, the way they've worked. Been zero problems. That's why I don't put them in the same boat as Odell Beckham. They have not been a pain in the ass. If anything, they've been the opposite. They've been stone-cold ass kickers and just fantastic Hall of Fame level players. So to me, I, I say it all the time. I, I'm one of the rare guys in the media. M- most of the media, I, I think at their core, is kind of anti-big business. So they're kind of pro-employee, and that means in sports, pro-player. I'm not really pro-player. I, I'm really pro-big business. Uh, I think about it from a front office standpoint. I'm anti-player beside my quarterback and maybe 2 to 3% of my roster. And Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald fall in, in that little small percent of the pie. I treat them a little differently than everyone else. I always say I want to be fluid with the majority of my roster, but there are certain guys that come across, you know, your team or a draft every so often that are just game-changing special non-quarterbacks. You saw it back in the day with the Ray Lewis's and the Ed Reed's. You see it. I think Julio Jones is that level player. I actually think Antonio Brown's that level player. There's a small percentage of guys uh, in the NFL, non-quarterbacks that, that I consider that. You know, every team may have one or two. You know, Seattle, when they were really special, maybe had three uh, beside, beside the quarterback. And, and I think you treat them differently. And I I don't think you penny pinch with them. Uh, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald, if, just, if you're arguing right now over giving them 70 million guaranteed, just, just give them 73, 74. Make them happy. Make them happy employees. Because you know what? In a year or two... Those contracts will be dwarfed. We, we've seen the history of this thing. The salary cap has risen by like an average of $10 million for the last five years. The NFL revenue is not slowing down. It's only rising. These contracts, when you sign them now, and I learned this when I bought my house. I was like, oh, I can't believe how much I just paid for that. Well, two years later, my house is worth a lot more than I paid for it. And the NFL is exactly like that. And I, I think you look at the 49ers, the way they handled Jimmy Garoppolo, they overpaid. Just when you factor in, you know, how, how many starts he'd had, his production. But the moment that contract was signed, it, it kind of was a deal, you know? Because then what happened? Kirk Cousins got way more money. Jimmy Garoppolo's a better player. Like, just sign Aaron Donald. Sign Khalil Mack. Like, I, I would not have wanted to start my offseason activities with John Gruden, who's setting the tone for my organization, and have Khalil Mack, you know, a top two or three player in the entire NFL, not there. And I don't blame Khalil Mack. And again, like I say, I'm anti-players. If Odell Beckham would have showed up, I would have been like, I don't know if that's the right move. Khalil 100% made the right move. Aaron Donald as well should not show up. I I put this on the organization. Why, Why would you put your players in that position to even have to make that decision? I mean, they should be taken care of like quarterbacks because that's the importance to your team. Especially when they do everything you can possibly ask of a team captain, of a, you know, franchise-changing defensive player, of a Hall of Fame level guy. And you're arguing right now over, 
you know, not a lot of money to me and you when we talk about a million or $2 million, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. You know, just take care of them, make them happy. And I would not, for both these two organizations, one has a brand new coach and the expectations are sky high. And the Rams have basically taken this Super Bowl or bust approach. Well, if you're in Super Bowl bust approach, you better have to make sure your best player is around every moment the team is together. If not, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because what, you're arguing over, you know, extra million dollar bonus or an extra two or three million dollars guaranteed on the contract? You wouldn't do that with the quarterback. Just I would treat these guys a little bit like the quarterback. And right now, I think the Raiders made a mistake by not getting this thing done before John Gruden addressed the team for the first time. And if this contract, you'll hear this on Wednesday, you know, they have basically till Sunday, I think, till the Rams report on Monday is not done. For Aaron Donald, you're just doing your team a disservice. And it, it's it's a mistake by the organization to not put a higher priority on the importance. I would have put a higher priority on both these two guys before free agency ever started. Again, if I have to overpay a little bit, I would. I I, I just I, I, I'm struggling to wrap my head around with what these organizations are thinking they're really gonna save by just arguing and listen, I'm pro tough negotiations. I understand in business you never just give money away, but there are certain level of employees when you're talking about what they produce and the return on investment, it's pretty well established through four years, the return on investment you get with these two guys. Like they are worth whatever you're paying them, whether it's 20 million a year guaranteed or whether it's, you know, whatever their working contract, they've earned every penny and then doubled it. Uh, I, I just don't like it. And I think it's a mistake. And listen, I, I'm, I wouldn't pay like, for example, I think Le'Veon Bell is a great, Player, I think he might be the best running back in the league. I wouldn't give a big-time contract. He's been suspended. Uh, he's been injured. That's not the case with these two guys. He Also, Le'Veon plays a position that's pretty easy replaceable. Good luck finding a elite defensive lineman. I can find 10 running backs in the draft. There, this draft, we think Bradley Chubb's going to be a stud, but if he's not, there's a chance this draft doesn't pump out one elite defensive lineman. It's supply and demand. And, and these guys are the elite of the elite at the second most important position in the league beside quarterback, pass rusher. Take care of them. Set the tone right now to lead in to this offseason, to both these two teams. If you're trying to win a Super Bowl, every minute your team is together, how would you not want your best player around? If you have John Gruden and you're paying him $100 million, how would you not want arguably the most talented defensive player your franchise has had in 30-plus years, maybe beside Charles Woodson, in your building, around. I, I just, I, I think it's a mistake. I, I think both these two teams are just taking your typical NFL negotiation, which I am for. It's the best business league of the three major sports by a mile, the way they do their contracts, how fluid they stay with their players, and the ability to always get rid of them. But the, these two guys I would approach with with the quarterback mindset. I'm going to lock them up. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to break them off pretty heavily, way I, way I would not do other guys, but I'm going to feel good about it because the moment that contract's signed, I, I know I have one of the best players in the league under team control at a premium, but I know that he also produces at a premium. So Rams, Raiders, get, get these contracts done. What, what, what the hell are you doing? Okay, uh, very, very excited to introduce my guest, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, 
Andy Reid. What's going on, Coach? Everything's good, John. Yeah, um, we're just getting ready for the draft. You know how that goes. Yep. Um, spent a lot of time with that. So you, uh, it's a little different this year, right? Because you don't have a first round pick. You don't pick till fifty four. Does it change right. for you at all? I know meetings wise for Veach and everything, they approach it the same way. But the way you watch players, do you kind of just throw away a certain group, knowing that it's kind of a waste of your time, or you just go about it the way you normally would? Yeah, so what what I've done here uh, that's different than when we were together in Philadelphia is I, I just watch the guys that, that Brett gives me. I don't watch everybody. And uh, and, and when Veach tells me to jump, I say how high and <laughs> and uh, give him the give him whatever evaluations he wants off of that off of that player. Um, it makes it a lot easier for me to concentrate on the football part of it and been able to do what I really love doing, and that's that. Um, and so it's a it's a little different dynamic than when we were together before. So you don't necessarily, if he doesn't bring you, obviously this year with Mahomes, you wouldn't be in the quarterback market. You're not watching those those top guys. I'm not watching the top. You know, listen, I cheated on it a little bit. Yeah, and, you and have to. On, but but the but not much. Um, not like I would have uh, with with Patrick. So. Uh, some of the guys that might go a little bit lower, um, I've, I've spent a little time on, and, and they're just there's probably five or six of them that that Brett had given me and just said, hey, listen, if 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 we're if we get down there and we we uh, you know we need a quarterback, then then this might be a guy we could bring in and, and tutor and and uh, and see how things go down the road from there. But we you know we we signed. Uh, we signed a couple quarterbacks here in the off season with Henny and uh, McGloin. So um, Matt's working as that third guy. So yeah. he, um, remember that game? Remember that game we played in uh, in Oakland a couple of years back when Jamal had the five touchdowns on the screen passes. He was the quarterback for Oakland. Right, those we, those wheel of, routes to the cows come home. Oh my goodness, he had a heck of a game against us. So I told him I was glad to get him on our side. When you peeked at these quarterbacks and you cheated, obviously they're highly talked about. I, because the two guys played in L.A., I've watched a lot of the two Pac-12 guys. It seems like a pretty good class, Coach, and obviously Baker a little undersized, but he's a damn good football player. Yeah, he's a gamer. So, I, um, I yeah, I think it's a, it's another good year for Cor- – I love, I love the fact that these kids are throwing the football now. So. Yeah. When I was growing up, uh, the, the colleges were running the ball uh, quite a little bit. And so you didn't have the opportunity to see these guys throw the ball as much as you do today. Even though it might be a little bit different scheme, they're, they're still having to read defenses and still having to uh, throw the ball on time to get it to their, to their receivers. And, and uh, it makes it a little bit easier to, to evaluate in my – humble opinion on that so so it's fair to say when you were when you were looking at Mahomes you didn't mind when he was having those 40 45 attempt games you kind of like that Uh, even even if it is pass routes than you necessarily would run no I did um so what I what I did was I took all those quick screens and I I kicked them out of the evaluation process and then kind of categorized all of his throws that I thought were somewhat similar to ones that we do and evaluated those, and 
Uh, you, you've got to go back through and look at the whole game and do that. But but uh, to get down to the fine points of, of if we're going to take this kid, uh, you know, or if we're lucky enough to get him uh, through the draft to, to Kansas City, that uh, I'd at least have a, a step up maybe on coaching him uh, on things that uh, on the fundamental part of it as opposed to just the, the actual routes. You know, I heard you talk at the owners' meetings just about what Alex meant to Patrick. And when I talked to Nagy at the combine, he hammered that home. Just how, how when the relationship started with Mahomes during basically OTAs, there's a little tension, like naturally there would be, but by the end of that playoff game, Alex was leaning on him. And, you know, it was a testament to both of those guys. Do you, do you think the growth of Mahomes throughout the season, you would have felt as comfortable making the trade if it wouldn't have been for that start that he was luckily just the way it all set up and you guys had a spot clinched. You were able to kind of just use that game as a, not a preseason game, but as a rep game for him because it didn't matter for your standings. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, uh, I thought that was great for him and Mike Kafka to boot. So uh, what we did there was I had uh, Matt Nagy, Brad Childress and Alex Smith work on the teams that we might play. And really it was narrowed down to two just about right there. So mm-hmm. um, take a peek at, at the Ravens in Tennessee, who we were going to play the following week. And then uh, Mike Kafka, uh, Patrick Mahomes and myself, we could kind of focus in on the, on the Broncos. And I knew that the Broncos would, start all their guys and and I had we had a bunch of those those kids over in the the Pro Bowl uh some of their their real good defensive players uh, the year before and I knew how competitive they were they were competitive in that game and I knew they would be competitive here and I knew they'd want to send a message to Patrick if they thought that Patrick was going to be the next guy so and that's the way they approached it you know to their uh you, you know it's a tribute to them and and how much they enjoy playing football so um, I'm talking about Denver. And so, yeah. uh, they came out, they were, they were going to give, give, uh, Patrick their best shot. So in our preparation that week, um, I, I really felt good coming out of it. I thought Mike Kafka did a phenomenal job of preparing <clears throat> Patrick for the game. I thought Patrick prepared himself, spent a lot of time at it. And, and, uh, I came out of my Friday meeting with him and I'm going, you know what, we're going to get after these guys. I mean, <laughs> I really, I, I really felt good about it. And then we got in the game and I'm going, geez, he, he's, uh, he's really got a good way about him. And every quarterback does it different. And, and, and they've all got their opinion, you know, how they handle that pressure of the game. Uh, it's all a little bit different, but it, it was a pretty smooth operation. And I had to look back and say, listen, uh, he was so fortunate to be in that room with Alex because nobody prepares better than Alex. I mean, that's just, he goes into it, and, and uh, uh, he's brilliant to start with. And then as he goes about his business, he, he he's not going to leave any stone unturned. And um, and so Patrick was able to see that firsthand and see the time and dedication effort that it takes to do that, not only, not only in the classroom but in the weight room uh, with the food that he ate and so on. So it was just a very valuable lesson for Patrick. How does that change? Because obviously having Alex – you know, for five years, you knew he, going into OTAs, he knew exactly what was expected, what to prepare, how, how the meetings would be installed. Does that change a little bit this year with, you know, Alex isn't the guy in that huddle anymore. It's, it's Mahomes repping with the ones. Does that change for you 
and the coaching staff? Yeah, you know, we didn't we didn't change much. And I listen, I, I communicated with him during the week when we prepared for that game. If he wanted to cut some things out, I was okay with that. I mean, I understood. Things get a little wordy in this offense, but he didn't want to do that. He told me the things he was comfortable with, but he, he didn't want to cut back on uh, the volume. And so that's the way we're going to come into the into the OTAs. We're going to come in with uh, with it fully loaded, and and uh, let's see what he what he can digest. I, he he's innately a real smart kid, and uh, he picks things up so easy um, that uh, I don't think we really have to scale back. I, uh, he he was in there as we we progressed through the year and and uh, seemed to be able to handle it then and I think he'll be fine going into this offseason. Yeah, you know, I know one guy you got to be pretty excited to work with here coming up next week. And when Richard Sherman signed with the Niners, I threw on the Rams Seattle game and there was Sammy Watkins flying about ninety miles an hour down the field. Sammy Watkins seems like your type guy. I would imagine you've had an eye on him since he came out of college. Some would might call him, you know, underachieved a little bit, battled some injuries, but th- there's no disputing the raw talent. Yeah, John. I mean, that that's a hard thing because he, these kids uh, uh, they get hurt, and it's kind of out of their their hands if they get hurt in some situations. So, I I, I think that's um, I think that's Sammy's situation. Uh, now he listen, he has to stay healthy, right? He's yeah. got to be able to do that. Uh, and get through the season like he did last year. Uh, but you sure love his attitude. My goodness. Uh, yeah, every time I've had a chance to talk. Year. Yeah, yeah. No, he's tremendous in the red zone. He, he can really he can pluck the ball pretty well. But I, every time I've talked to him, he's either working out or he's with his family. So, I mean, that's a, that's a good start for me. I, I'm, I'm good with that. And I can't wait to get him up here and, and, uh, and get him going. I, I know he's, he's chomping at the bit to do that. Uh, he and Patrick have talked and, and so on. So they, they, um, they're on the same page there on what they need to get done once we get started. So um, it, that's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. And we've got Tyreek on the other side who uh, – You got is, enough speed, Coach? We have some speed, right? <laughs> we have some speed and, and quickness and all that, and um, we got we got to utilize it the right way and so on. But And we've got a lot of work ahead of us, but it, but that's what it's all about, I and mean, that's the fun part of this thing. So these guys are eager to get going. They want to play with each other. You mix Kels in the in the in the batch, and everybody everybody kind of forgets about Chris Conley. Chris Conley was really coming on last year too. So mm-hmm. and, and, yeah, and and then we've got this young runner here with with Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware has a chance to come back after a pretty devastating injury. So, um, but the, the one thing they know is they know work, and they're not afraid of that. And so we, we've got to we got to get busy on it and kind of put this thing together and and uh, and see what we can come up with uh, for this year. Well, you know that your division, especially on the offensive side, going against some of these defenses are fantastic. And starting here in, in my neck of the woods, your good buddy when it when it became obvious that ESPN was calling your playoff game, you know uh, everyone wondered would Andy Reid let John Gruden into the building. And uh, did, did you give him a fake playbook or anything to get, to get ready for the offseason to kind of throw him off? No, John and I, you know, we started off together about 20-some-odd years ago, <laughs> 27, whatever it was, a lot of years ago. And um, 
and so we've stayed very close since uh you know since then and um and so uh no i listen i didn't hide anything i wanted to come in come on in it's all right see what we've got and and uh you know I've, i'm excited that he's back in the back in coaching i think he's good for the national football league well he was good for it announcing but i think he's good for it even better for it when he's coaching and um i look forward to to that competition and and he knows what we do. I, I kind of know uh, the direction that he, he's probably going to go here. And and, uh, and so it should be just great. It should be great competition. Nothing like the Raiders, man, and the Chiefs. It mean, doesn't get any uh, better, does it? it? Oh, no. No, 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 man. It's, it'll be rolling. It'll be rolling in Oakland. It'll be rolling in Kansas City. And, and that's what this thing's all about. You've had some – you've lost a couple, but you also had the win, I think, two years ago where you caused three turnovers in the fourth quarter. You've had some great games in the, in the black hole. What, what's it like being the chiefs head coach coming into the black hole? We don't have it much longer coach. No, I no, I know, but they'll, they'll get a black hole in Vegas too. I mean, that's what those deals are. They, um, it won't be quite the same, but it's, um, the original is always a, a tad bit better, but they, they, um, um, that's a, that's a great experience. And, and that call of see, you know, it's old. And so, it's uh um, i kind of like it, it. It's, uh, I, I don't mind it yeah 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 it's a it's a relic and and uh kind of a neat deal i i think uh locker room's a little yeah, old you know, for you what's that the locker room's a little, a little old for the <laughs> team. it's a little small is what it is that <laughs> locker room is tiny but yeah we've had some, we've had some battles there and in our you know the thing that gets put is that there's a great friendship and respect between bob sutton and john Mm-hmm. And so those two go way back. And actually, John Gruden uh, was one of the guys who recommended uh, Bob Sutton to me. And so when I came here, so it's uh, they'll they'll have their little battle going on too. Did, did Gruden ask you at all before he took the job? I know you were a big fan of Derek coming out and then work with him at the Pro Bowl, and obviously having to scheme against number fifty-two Khalil Mack. It's no walk in the park. Ask you at all about the roster or anything before taking the job? No, you know what? He really didn't. He knew I was I was close to Jack Del Rio too, and um, and we we all have the same agent, so it's a yeah. it's a crazy world with Bob Bob Lamont there. So, but no, we we didn't we didn't talk about about personnel there, um, and really he didn't really even give me a heads up that that he you know I mean we all kind of knew, but it, we we didn't go into all that, and um, uh, that was one thing we kind of stayed away from. What do you think about Derek? I, I know you played against him a bunch these last several years you've seen his best and he struggled a little bit this year did, did you notice anything while playing him you just maybe injured or you know he had a bad year coming off he was borderline the MVP two years ago before he broke his ankle yeah listen I who knows I mean it, it, that's a there, there's a fine line in this thing between winning and losing and then there's also that fine line between having a good year and a bad year and yeah. so um I'm sure he'll be back on and that's what we're expecting. And that's the way we're going to prep ourselves that, that he'll be ready to roll and, and, and uh, be pretty good. You know, they beat us the first game. So it's uh he, he was doing pretty good there. And um, so we, we seem to get his best and, and we'll make sure that we prepare ourselves right for that. Do you get a lot of sleepless nights going against these pass rushers in the AFC West? Seems like every team has a potential hall of famer. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a neat deal, though, isn't it? I mean, it is. Um, I mean, pretty um, good players. We, we, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're lucky to have a couple too. And so I know. We've, 
we've been blessed there and and uh, and so you've got to make sure your tackles are are good and we've got a couple pretty good tackles here so um but but it's it's a challenge surely is a challenge and and uh but that competition man that that's what's awesome about it and and you get in there and, and you have to kind of scheme things up just a little bit different when you've got two of them and you can't it's hard to double both of them right and yeah so you've got to you know, really work your scheme the right way and it's a it's a great challenge there how much do you pay attention in the offseason, just some of the free agent moves that the Raiders or the Broncos sign a quarterback or just little things the Chargers do? Is that is that something that you keep an eye on? Yeah, you can't help it. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's all part of this thing. I, I kind of like seeing what people are doing and yeah. and how they how they go about building their teams. I'm interested in that. I'm a, a junkie with that kind of stuff. So I um, I, I like watching and, and, and seeing, and uh, there have been some pretty good moves. I think the – um, the division has, has really strengthened itself. Um, I thought the young coaches that came in last year with Denver and and, um, and the Chargers, LA, I thought they did a did a real nice job, and they improved as the year went on, which I, I thought was uh, fun to watch. So um, they're going to come out; they'll come out swinging this year, and we got to make sure that we that we're ready for that. I know a lot of people have talked about. The Chiefs are rebuilding. You obviously have a young quarterback, but you know, I, I often say, especially on social media, I, I don't imagine you're necessarily looking at it like that, are you? No, I listen. I I come out. We're going to come out swinging. I mean, that's what we do, and we've always done that, and um, that's what I expect us to do. And I know our guys expect that. They've had a little taste of success. Um, they know that. It's not that there's more to it, um, and they they would like to explore that, right? They they yeah. would like to taste uh, taste how sweet that is. They also know that it's tough to tough to get there, and it takes a lot of preparation. And so, this crew here, since I've gotten here, not afraid to work, and um, we, we you know there's some things that go into it, but they they've really for the most part, the core guys here that have been here have done a real nice job. And, and, but it's time you got to take it up a notch. And that, that's a, that's a challenge. And, and we look forward to that challenge. So I can't wait to get going here in a week. It's, well, I mean, uh, it's, it's when it all gets put in for the, for the fall, you guys got a fun schedule this fall. Yeah. I know you're playing the, the NFC West, obviously with the AFC West teams or the Rams of, basically made every trade known to man and the Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo, and obviously Seattle's always good. That'll be a fun little test. Yeah, I know it is. We actually have the Rams, I believe in, in Mexico. So oh, wow. um, Mexico city there. Azteca. Yeah. That, yes, that's right. That's right. So uh, we'll be sneaking down there for that, for that game. I think probably Thursday night or one of those deals. That they Cause the, the elevation is pretty high. It's, I think it's higher in Denver, isn't it? It is. If we keep the coach from passing out, we might be okay. We'll be all right, right? <laughs> uh, I appreciate all the time today. I know uh, you are a busy man. What's on the docket for lunch today? Well, you know what, John? I've, I've done. I've cut back a little bit oh. since, since you and I were together and, and the Junk Food Fridays and all that. We've cleaned it up just a notch. The older I get, the, the more I've got to watch out now. So uh, we're trying to kick it down, but I'll probably do a little tuna fish salad this uh, for for lunch here. So, Are you telling me fast, kind of, fast kind of food a, Friday? Fast food Fridays don't exist anymore with the Kansas City Chiefs. No, uh, you know, 
You know what? We buried the fast food Fridays. Oh. Uh, there were a lot of good ones, man. There were a lot of good ones, but those are uh, those are in the archives. We'll put those in the Smithsonian. How about that? <laughs> those were good times. I'll, I'll always remember them. I, I still kick, kick those into my diet. I'll promise you that. Yeah. No. Well, you're out there. there there's some. Uh, I've got to watch the barbecue back here. I know. You got a whole lot of stuff there. You got to watch. So you know, it's. Uh, but you don't have to worry about all that. You're in good shape, man. Well, thanks a lot, Coach, and, and looking forward to watching you guys in the draft, and uh, I can't wait for this fall. All right, John. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. You too. Andy Reid is the man. Absolute legend. Uh, obviously, I'm biased. Worked for the guy. was around him. I mean, his, his resume speaks for itself, but just as a person, might be the nicest guy in the NFL. Like, no bullshit. Just might be the nicest guy in the NFL. He's he's the best, man. And they, they think they got something pretty special there in Patrick Mahomes. And like, like he said, I a lot of people talking about them rebuilding. I, I don't know if they'll necessarily be a playoff team. They've made the playoffs four times in five years. I, I wouldn't count them out, though. I wouldn't count them out. They're going to be explosive on offense. If they can just improve on defense, I mean, they were couldn't get much worse than they were last year. They're going to be a tough out. Well, let's get to something we've been doing. Like I said, every week, if you leave your questions on the in the review section of iTunes, I'll get to them in the podcast. I'll answer them. And this week, over the last week, I got a bunch of good ones. Let's start with uh, one of the first questions. What team with a first-year head coach will make the playoffs? Because typically, every year, that happens. And I said, whoa, that, that's a pretty good question. Because this year, I, I think it's pretty easy. Uh, like the Giants, no chance. The Colts are awful. I'm not buying into Matt Patricia. To me, it's simple in 2018. It's John Gruden. He takes over a team that's two years removed from a 12-4 and season. A team with a franchise quarterback. A franchise pass rusher. A star receiver that's coming off a bad year. A well-put-together beast of an offensive line. You know, he's still Marshawn Lynch, multiple running backs. And, you know, Paul Gunther coming over from Cincinnati. They have no excuse. I, whenever you sign a coach to $100 million and basically paying him $10 million a year, and his name is John Gruden, and you have players already on that existing team, it's playoffs or bust every year. And maybe in a year or two, if, if they prove that they're good, it'll be like Super Bowl or bust. I can't go that far. But to me, anything less. I don't think you necessarily have to win the division. If somehow Rivers and the Chargers were to win 11-12 games or Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes were to win 11-12 games, I I can see that. But you have to make a wild card. You would have to be playing in that first weekend, wild card weekend. If you're not, anything less. Raider Nation, the outside nation, whoever you are as a football fan, you could say that was a failure. And that's they're one of the rare teams in this situation with a first-time head coach where that is 100% the expectation. Like Pat Shermer, they're two years removed from a uh, playoff berth. Remember two years ago with McAdoo? It seems like a lifetime ago. It's not playoffs or bust there. It's just let's just get the, uh, the train back on the tracks. That's not the case with the Raiders. And I think there is a ton of expectations, a ton of pressure. John's kind of embraced it. It's going to be fun to watch. I, I think the Raiders should be pretty good. I I don't know if I'll pick them to win the division. Uh, we'll see how the draft goes here in a couple weeks. But to me, they are, I kind of view them as a, you know, one of those wild card teams. So anything less will be a massive disappointment, and they're my pick. Next question. What should the Texans do with J.J. Watt? 
He's just a couple years removed, signing that, remember, six years, hundred-plus million-dollar contract. Injuries have just kind of derailed his life. I remember a couple years ago in the playoff game, I can never say this word, the growing, ripped off his bone, his back, basically gave out on him, kind of Tiger Woods style. Uh, last year, his leg shattered. I looked at some contract details this morning. He After this season, they can get out for about $2 million in a dead, dead cap hit with, with no money guaranteed to him. So I, I would say this year's kind of make or break for J.J. Watt with the Texans. If I was a betting man, I'd say, you know, typically guys with that many injuries at that position, they're, they're never the same. And he didn't really look right last year early on in the season. Though I, I'm not ever counting him out because in his prime, I mean, a complete badass but football, man, even the biggest badasses, eventually the injuries just kind of wear on you. And you don't have the same explosiveness. You don't have the same pop. You don't have the same strength. He was the ultimate defensive player because he could bull rush. He could speed rush. He could line up over a center or a outside a tight end. I mean, he was just the ultimate chess piece. It, it's hard to say, but if I was a betting man right now, he's not going to be on the Texans next year. And to me, he's one of those players, and he's gotten it written all over him with all these injuries that, like, you're looking at in a couple years, like, damn, where's J.J. Watt? Well, he ain't in the NFL anymore. That's just the nature of the beast, man. Nature of the sport. Uh, nature of playing these physical positions and being a guy like him that went, went all out. Uh, I've said before, I'll go on record again. His four- or five-year stretch, I'd put him in the Hall of Fame. He had a four-year stretch where he was the best defensive player in the league. I think he won the award three times. But he was just so clear, like, I don't know if I've ever seen this before. Now, he's not going to have, was he have one playoff win in his career? So it's not like he's going to have the hardware of venting in a bunch of championship games and playing in a Super Bowl. Now maybe this Texans team, who, who knows, could bounce back. But he was, he was a stud, but it's the way the league works, man. He's a year away from maybe being out of the league. Next question. What are the realistic expectations, big picture, for Carson Wentz? And for me, this is simple. Uh, Michael Jordan once said, the ceiling is the roof. Well, with Carson Wentz, there is no roof. Uh, There is only a ceiling, and it's the sky high. I think he has a chance, if he can stay healthy, big if, uh, he can be the best player in the league. Uh, Win multiple MVPs. Obviously, he had a Super Bowl team. Uh, he, he, I think he will win a Super Bowl if he stays healthy, but he has to stay healthy. And I would say there is one big red flag on him right now is he plays the game, and Andrew Luck did this a little bit too. I think when you're so big, when you're built like LeBron James of football, you, you think you're indestructible. Well, l- let me tell you, I, I've been going to NFL games for a long time. I don't care how big the defensive player is. It, down the street from me, the Raiders practice facility, I, I think they're practicing right now or working out. They have a safety, Carl Joseph. He's short. He, he's maybe, maybe 5'8 and a half. 215. He is one of the smaller safeties in the NFL. He will break you in half. Break you in half. Let alone all the, you know, Luke Keekleys of the world <laughs> and uh, Khalil Max and Aaron Donald's. The small defensive players in the NFL will destroy you. He has to learn to slide. He has to learn to get out of bounds. He has to learn to do the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Just hit the ground, man. It's just not worth it. Because last year we saw this game's delicate. And boom, one play, your ACL's ripped. And Carson, you're too important to the Eagles. You can't afford to dive headfirst. Now there's a difference if 
you know, you're in the Super Bowl or, a, you know, a game to get into the playoffs. You got to do it every once in a while. But it, it can't be a habit. And I think it kind of became a habit. And that's the biggest thing Doug Peterson's going to have to break that habit and get it out of him. Because if he can avoid that and learn to just be a little more consistent with his big splash plays, uh, he, he could be an all-time great. I mean, he was headed that way. You could tell by year two. Honestly, I, I thought some of the haters and the negativity on him in year one shows you how dumb people are that cover the NFL. Like, it was pretty clear to me, like, this guy's got something special. You know, coming from North Dakota State and just handling himself like this as a rookie, even as he went through struggles, it was clear he had the physical tools. And then this year he kind of put it all together. So I, I could see next year being a little tough. It's always hard coming off an injury. But I think over the next five years, you'll, you'll see a guy establish himself as – you know, a top three or four player, a quarterback at his position in big picture. If he stays healthy, you know, you have just superstar upside. Last question. Chris Ballard method of building the Colts. Do you like it? Slow and steady during free agency. Uh, obviously traded back in the draft, accumulated a bunch of picks. That was a really good trade. A, a no-brainer for Chris Ballard. I, I think this is simple. Chris Ballard took the job thinking that Andrew Luck would be his quarterback. You know, it's like if if Steve Kerr left tomorrow and I joined the Warriors, I would assume Steph Curry is going to be my point guard. If I went to the Angels, I would assume Mike Trout is going to be my center fielder. Like, that, that's a big part of a lot of these jobs. Like, one individual player. So far, Andrew Luck, I think the last report I read, can't even pick up a football, let alone throw it. Like, that's a pretty big problem. If Andrew Luck never comes back, the Colts are in major trouble. Like, I red flagged the organization. But I will say this. Everyone I know that's been around Chris Ballard sang his praises to the highest degree. Chris Ballard, the number one coach I've thought on the market the last two years. Now, I might have been wrong because it looks like Kyle Shanahan's a stud and obviously Sean McVay was coach of the year. Uh, Doug Peterson, hell, won a Super Bowl. There's been a lot of good coaches the last couple years. I thought Josh McDaniels would have been my number one candidate if I was a, a GM these last several years. So I thought this year, when they were on Josh McDaniels and then get a higher Josh McDaniels, they were on the right guy. Shit out of their control. He backs out. Nothing really Chris Ballard could have done. Uh, I, I can't necessarily blame him for that, but here's the problem. Now he's with a guy that he didn't originally interview. I, would that have been his top five choice? I don't think so. So he's already in a situation. His quarterback can't pick up a football He's got a coach that, you know, in a perfect world, he would have had someone else. I I don't think he's in an ideal spot. And it shows you how fast in the NFL a guy can go from turning down GM interviews for years to now finally taking a job that many of us thought was sweet to now going, God, I, I don't know. I, I, you got to give him credit on this. Last year when Andrew Luck couldn't play, he made a pretty good trade to get Jacoby Brissett. Now, is Jacoby a starting core, a legitimate top 15 starting? Probably not. But he was a pretty fun. If that's your backup, which he would be if Andrew Luck come back, that's a damn good trade. So I, I do think he is. He's shown flashes, but if Frank Wright can't coach and Andrew Luck can't come back, the, the Colts are are basically screwed. Well, well, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Fired up to have Andy on the podcast this week. Keep sending your questions. Again, go to iTunes, rate and review, and in the review section, just leave your questions. And we'll get to them. Rapid fire. And the draft's right around the corner. So next week we'll be talking a lot of draft. Following week we'll be talking a lot of draft. Obviously that next week we'll be talking a lot of draft. Uh, holler at me. Put your questions in the review section. And we'll, we'll bang them out on this bad boy again. 
appreciate everyone listening to Three and Out. You guys are crushing it. Subscribe, rate, review. You listen to John Middlecoff on the Colin Coward Podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.